This is an ABC podcast. This is the problem. Take a pair of scales of the old-fashioned... G'day, Dr Carl here. Now, we humans just love to tell stories. So every field of human knowledge, from sewing to carpentry to metalwork, well, it has its own stories. And one enduring story from the space program is that while NASA spent billions of dollars to develop a special pressurised ballpoint pen that would work in space, well, those clever Russians, they just simply used a pencil. But like a lot of good stories, it's a bit loose with the truth. So let me start by looking at the hostile environment involved in space travel. A spacecraft, like a submarine running underwater, is a closed environment, but with extra hazards. The lack of effective gravity means that everything just floats around. So the possibly toxic fumes from an ink, well, they just hang around, as does the broken graphite tip of a pencil or the debris left over from sharpening a pencil, such as wood shavings or graphite dust. And if the debris conducts electricity, like graphite does, it's a threat to electronic components and electric switches. The Russian cosmonaut Anatoly Soleyev said, and I quote, Pencil lead breaks and is not good in space capsule. Very dangerous to have metal lead particles in zero gravity, unquote. In fact, in 1967, the Apollo 1 command module caught on fire, killing all three astronauts due to a fatal combination of combustible materials, a spark and a high oxygen environment. Now, we have launched a lot of spacecraft since then, but they are still not mass production items. Each one is an experimental vehicle and they need detailed checklists of high-quality documentation to help avoid mistakes. So writing is important. In 1965, NASA spent over $4,000 for 34 mechanical pencils. That worked out to $128.89 per pencil. There was a public outcry at the supposed waste. In fact, each mechanical pencil cost just $1.75, but the rest of the money was spent on individually modifying them with lightweight, high-strength materials so they could be used by astronauts wearing those bulky spacesuit gloves. Now, also in 1965, Paul C. Fisher from the Fisher Pen Company in California independently developed and then patented the AG7 pen, AG being short for anti-gravity. It was made from solid brass that was plated with a hard, shiny chrome coating. You press down on the top of it to extend the replaceable ink cartridge or refill and then press the button on the side to retract that refill. The ball that carried the ink onto the paper was made of very high-quality tungsten carbide, and it sat inside a high-precision socket of stainless steel. But inside the ink cartridge was where the magic happened. Unlike all previous ballpoint pens, the ink did not rely on gravity to make it come out. In fact, gravity didn't affect this ink at all. You see, it was not any old regular ink. It was, and here comes a special word you might not have heard, thixotropic, T-H-I-X-O-tropic. 
Now, tomato sauce and ketchup, they have this strange property of being thixotropic. The tomato sauce sits inside the bottle not as a liquid, but as a gel. But if you attack the tomato sauce by shaking the bottle, the tomato sauce changes temporarily from a gel into a slow-moving liquid. Now, if you want to get technical, thixotropy is the property of, and I quote, time-dependent shear thinning, unquote. But in plain English, when you disturb a thixotropic gel for a little while, it becomes thinner and more liquid. Now, the ink inside the Fisher Space Pen cartridge is thixotropic. It's a thick gel. When you start writing, the tungsten carbide ball rolls across the paper, but it also rubs up against the gelatinous ink and down on a micro scale. It shears the chemical polymer bonds inside the gel. The gel turns into a liquid, it coats the rolling ball and is promptly deposited onto the paper. Now, this works only if the thick gel is always pressed up against the tungsten carbide ball. Gravity doesn't cut it there. For that, you need nitrogen gas at a pressure of over two atmospheres. So, inside the cartridge, immediately above the thixotropic ink is a reservoir of pressurised nitrogen gas. And it's separated from the ink by a sliding float. This pressurised, highly engineered pen will write in a weightless environment and underwater and other liquids and in temperatures ranging from minus 35C up to 120C, although the ink does turn green at high temperatures. The total cost of developing this technology that was both safe to use and fully functional in space was claimed to be around $1 million. That's M for million, not B for billion. And it was not paid for by NASA. It was carried entirely by the Fisher Pen Company. For all his efforts, Paul Fisher could not get NASA to officially endorse his space pen. But knowing a good bit of kit when they see it, NASA quickly put in an order. In fact, by 1967, NASA had ordered 400 Fisher space pens for their Apollo program. And keen to stop using dangerous pencils, the Russians followed suit and they ordered 100 pens and 1,000 ink cartridges to use on their Soyuz space missions. And because both agencies bought in bulk, they got the same discount, 40%, bringing the price down from $3.98 to a bargain $2.39. So yes, the great billion-dollar NASA ballpoint versus the Russian pencil, well, that story does have an element of truth, but not enough to get in the way of a good story. And the AG-7 space pen? Well, it's still delivering payload for Fisher today without that 40% discount. <laughs> <laughs> 